Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. It's such a blessing to have you with us on this uh, Labor Day weekend. We hope that you can find rest, not just in His presence here, but over the course of uh, this weekend and, and hopefully tomorrow as well. Um, I don't know about you, but I had a really busy day yesterday. Anybody else have a busy day? It was, uh, it was a busy day. I had to uh, do some chapels for the football team, plus I had a wedding to do, and it was an hour away, and it was, uh, you know, kind of exhausting. And it, it seems to me sometimes when I prepare a message, uh, before I ever think that it's for the people that are going to come to hear it, I always know that it's for me. And, uh, and, and I really needed this message for, for my own life. And the message is called Redefining Rest. It's, it's, it's about having a new comprehension and a new understanding of, of what rest really means for us in our everyday. And I know that we always look for our holidays to provide rest. We look for the things that we really are passionate about, the things that give us energy instead of taking it from us to give us rest. We look for seasons in which we can get away and just experience rest. And there's always this pursuit of rest. And then I've begun to understand that in my own life that God had to help me to redefine that. And, and then one of the ways was helping me in terms of understanding what it would look like for this message. And um, in case everybody's confused, I'm going to do the announcements at the end. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. So we're, we're, we're going to do the message part right now. And uh, so when we think about Mark 6.31, sorry, I had to tell my team what we were doing because we were all lost. Um, redefining rest. And we're going to look at this passage called Mark 6.31. And you'll see that this happened in the life of Jesus and his disciples as well. And it says that Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place, and I want us to rest a while. And he said this because there were so many people that were coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like that. Did you ever have a really busy day and you were unintentionally fasting? Anybody? <laughs> that when you finally did get a chance to eat, you overate just because you were compensating for all the time that you didn't get to do that? You were so ravenous by the time that you finally sat down to eat something that you didn't care what it was? You just knew you needed to fuel your body, and, and in that moment, you just gorged on whatever was available. And I know that that's something that can happen to all of us, and, and Jesus identified that the disciples that he was with, they needed rest. And so he was the one who led them to a place of rest. 
And I think we have to start there. Jesus sees what you're going through. He knows the rhythms of your life. He knows the rest that you need. And what Jesus wants to do is he wants to lead you to a place of rest. In the same way that he was able to do this with his disciples, he's able to do this with us. And so maybe right now you're not trusting your ability to rest. You're not seeing the season in front of you of rest. You're thinking about all the things that keep disrupting your rest and being obstacles to your rest and are in the way to you having rest. But I want you to know that Jesus sees you're coming and you're going and he sees that sometimes you don't even have time to eat and he says, I want to lead you to a place where you can experience rest. Can we say amen to that? That God sees that in our life. And what really helped me to kind of redefine my understanding of, of rest were uh, a couple of books that I wanted to just put them on the screen for you and in case you're interested and, and maybe reading up on this topic, you can take a look at some of them. And this one here is, is called Leisure and Spirituality. It's a biblical, historical, and contemporary perspectives by Paul Heinzman. And then the other book is called God, Technology, and the Christian Life by Tony Reinke. And, and both of these books just kind of like help me to have a better understanding of what the rhythms of rest are really supposed to be like in our lives, in our everyday lives. Uh, like you, I'm, I feel like there are times when I'm addicted to, to, to technology where I feel like I'm on my computer and on my phone way too much. I feel like it's, it's absorbing my time in ways that are not healthy for me. Uh, there are times in which I, I get obsessed with TV shows and, and I feel like I gotta binge them all. And I feel like I, I, I have to know what's coming next and I hate the fact that sometimes they only get released like one week at a, at a time. I feel like why, why do I have to wait, you know? I wish they would just release them all at once. And, and, and then I, I see myself thinking these things and then uh, living out these patterns and I'm thinking, why am I like this? Why am I so absorbed by this? Why am I so consumed by this? And I, then I notice that it's actually not giving me any rest. I, I'm supposed to be relaxing, but it, it's not doing what I thought it would do. It, it's entertaining me, but it isn't doing anything to replenish me. And so I have to understand that there's principles in the scriptures that God gives us to kind of help us to understand this. You know, I, I think some of us are, are just driven to work. It's just, we look for things to do. My wife calls me uh, the CEO of the cupboards and fridge at home. It's, it's a weird name, but she says, when I don't have anything to do, I, I feel like I need to reorganize. I organize the cupboards and I organize the fridge and I look at expiration dates and I make determinations of whether or not we should keep this and I'm always doing this. And, and, and she calls me the CEO of the fridge. It's pretty funny, right? But it's not funny for me because <laughs> I'm like that. Just like, just relax. Like why do, why do you have to always be busy looking for the next thing to do? And I, and I feel like that God is, is, is just bringing me into a season of my life where he wants me to redefine this. Is anybody else being convicted of this? 
and being spoken to about this, about how things need to change. And I, I, I want you to understand that sometimes, look, we can be super chill and, and maybe even, I don't want to use the word, but, but just I'll, I'll change it. Like, like we're, we're a bit slack when it comes to, to work ethic, maybe just to, to dealing with issues. Maybe we, we, have a, we have this thing where we procrastinate a lot. I, I, want us, I want us to understand that even those things, believe it or not, are anxious inducing. I, I was talking to someone just this past week about how I have learned that whenever you delay responding to a text, an email, or a phone call, that you feel like you can't deal with it in the moment, so you push it down the road in terms of what you've got to get to. But here's what happens. Instead of postponing anxiety and worry and dealing with things later, thinking that it will be better, you are actually increasing your level of anxiety in the moment. Your level of worry does not decrease, it increases. And so sometimes when we push things down the road and we say we will do it later, we are actually doing our rest a disservice. We're actually making things worse for ourselves instead of dealing with it in the moment. And I'll tell you, the moment you do respond, all of a sudden you've given a response, even if the response is, I will get back to you, I will do this at a later time, I promise to get back to you within a time frame, Whatever it is, already you are going to be dealing with the anxiety in your life and the worry and the concern that comes with that rather than just ignoring it. And I say all this because I, I have learned these things from a first-hand perspective. And I feel like God has led me to make these changes in my life. And I want to share them with you. And here's one that I thought was really important to point out, especially as we've come of gotten out of this getting there series, we finished that last week and we were in the book of Exodus and Numbers the whole time for 10 weeks talking about transitions. And, and I believe that this verse is so pertinent even just for today. It's, it's one that we didn't read during the series, but one that I want to highlight today. And it's in Exodus 16. It's in verse 27. And it says that some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, and look at this, but they found no food. And, and there's this thing where in the scriptures, right from the beginning, God tells us that we have to incorporate rest. That on the days that we do not do this, here's what's going to happen. We are going to be unable to harvest or to reap anything when we go out. God is saying, I'm going to make sure of it. Because my principle to you is to incorporate a rhythm of rest. And if you don't do it, here's what's going to happen. On the seventh day, when you go out, you're going to find nothing. It's going to result in nothing. You're going to find yourself feeling nothing. So that you never forget how important rest is to me, and how important it should be 
to you. Is that speaking to anybody today? Sometimes I'm like that person who goes out on the seventh day. I, was, I felt like I was always that person out on the seventh day. I really felt that. I, I, I was that. And I, I, I look at how God speaks to Moses, and he tells him this instead. He says in Exodus 33, 14, the Lord replied, I'm going to personally go with you, and I'm going to give you rest, and everything will be fine for you. And all of a sudden, God does this, something. He, he redefines what rest is by saying that it's him. He's our rest. And then when we're looking for rest, if we try to find it in anything other than him, we're not going to find it. It's going to be fleeting. We're going to find ourselves empty. And we're going to be like that person who goes on the seventh day and finds nothing and experiences nothing. And so God is saying, can you understand this part that when I go with you, that's how you experience rest? And so that's really helped me a lot because, you know, the days where I don't want to respond or the days that I don't feel like hustling, the day that I don't want to work hard and the day that I don't want to deal with something and I want to procrastinate and put it off, in, in those days when I feel like I don't have the energy, where I, I just feel so tired, where I feel like I'm so unmotivated that I'm having to do a task in a situation that I really don't want to do, in, in circumstances that I just want to completely avoid, when I reframe it and I say, God, I want you and I need you to be my rest, Guess what happens? God changes everything for me in that moment. And God is saying that if, if you invite me into your life in the moment when you need rest, guess what? I will become the rest that you need. And that's amazing to me because I thought my circumstances had to change. You know, I, I, I thought I had to, to journal my change. I, had to, I thought I had to podcast my way to change. I thought I had to do all this work to bring about change. And then I realized that what I was missing all along was, was just God. I didn't have enough of Him. I wasn't connected to Him the way that I needed to. And so I found myself really suffering in my everyday life grasping for rest and never experiencing. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, it, it tells us that in verse 16, that we need to make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And, and I need us to understand that when, when the Scriptures tell us something, we have to pay attention to it. What, what, what God is basically telling us through this passage is that, you know, while every day belongs to the Lord, Every day is also evil. And so if I make a decision to live my life for God, with God, then that's going to be a day that the Lord has made. But if I don't make that choice, then the day, the day has the potential to be evil. But the way that a day is not evil is when I have the God of rest journeying with me even though the days are evil. 
and he protects me from the evil. He blesses me in spite of the evil. He gives me rest even when the evil surrounds me and tries to choke out the rest that God wants to give me. And when God gives us these verses, he's giving us like these principles in helping us. And so I also had to redefine what, what rest was because, you know, one of the things that I always saw rest as was uh, a day where I didn't have to work. And I just associated that as being one and the same. I just assumed that it was always the same thing. And, and so what I wanted to do was just to ask you to do the same thing today. I want you to reconsider our non-work time, such as leisure activities. I want you to rethink your patterns of consumption and whether it negatively impacts you or others and in your life is fragmented or integrated. And if you can do this for a, so, a second here, this, this is just about being open to what might need to change in our lives. Because what we often do is that we engage in leisure activities that do not bring rest. We have patterns of consumption which disrupt, delay, and even destroy our rest. And then we look at it and say, is this affecting me negatively? And what about those around me? Because even though you have been engaged in something that has given you rest, maybe it has disrupted somebody else's. And I'm telling you that when God wants to give you rest, those around you don't become anxious because of it. Those around you don't leave sleep because of you trying to pursue and experience your rest. The people around you don't stay up wondering and worrying about where you are experiencing your rest. So what God is saying, we need to find a way that these things become integrated. And sometimes we're experiencing rest in a way that we have to do it in darkness. We have to do it in isolation, and we have to do it absent from the people that we do life with. And when we do those things, we think that we're going to go out and experience rest, and then go back to living the life that we normally live, and we think that we're going to live a life of rest. Instead, not only has rest eluded us, it is being destroyed in those around us. And so, in the book by Paul Heinzman, the author of Leisure and Spirituality, Biblical, Historical, and Contemporary Perspectives, he says this. He says that the research that I have conducted has revealed a negative correlation between the frequency of TV watching and spiritual well-being, and also that a mass media leisure style is associated with lower levels of spiritual well-being than a leisure style focused on personal development. And in essence, what this is 
saying is that the research clearly shows that when we work on improving ourselves, we experience more rest than instead of avoiding ourselves. And I'm thinking, why? Why is that? Like, like the way I need to take a vacation sometimes is for me. And I know you're, you're, you like that statement because you feel the same, I'm sure. <laughs> Taking a rest for me is a rest sometimes. I get it. But what God is saying is that, hey, it, you need to understand that when you work on yourself, you're doing this with me. When you commit to having rest in a newfound way, I've got something powerful that I can reveal to you, and I'm ready to do that in your life. And so he goes on to explain some things. I want to put them on the screen here. He says, these are the most common toxins that pollute Christian leisure today. A strong performance and work orientation that neglects God's grace. An overconsumption of goods and services that distract us from God and his creation. A busyness in leisure activities that prevents us from developing the qualitative dimension of leisure. An entertainment culture that overstimulates us and diverts us from finding our true refuge in God and his love and an overemphasis upon competitive rather than cooperative activities, organized rather than unstructured play, and spectating rather than participating. Pretty amazing, right? It's a really good list. And now that I've done this, you don't have to buy one of the two books, but basically, I summarized it for you. <laughs> but what this is pointing out is all the ways that we do things the opposite of what is being said here we should be doing. Do you guys see that for yourselves? Like sometimes like the last one that we just read because the most recent in my mind is that we're spectating rather than participating. Well, I think rest is like spectating, not participating. I, I think it's, it's removing myself, but, but it's telling me to do the opposite. And, and when you're an introvert, that's hard to do. Because what you're thinking is that the more time I spend alone, the more I'm going to recharge. Can I just say what a crock of stew that is? <laughs> it is not true, not in the least. It is not something that we need to buy and, and believe and, 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 and follow in terms of advice. Listen, we all need time to recharge. I've never known an extrovert who also didn't need time to recharge. Unless they were like, you know, extremely unhealthy and then we're not gonna make fun of that because there are, there are reasons for that. But generally, even the most extroverted person needs time to recharge. And so we cannot give in to the patterns of our darkness. We have to keep allowing God to shine his light 
and lead us to true rest. We cannot be deceived by these things. And I want to read to you a passage in Psalm 46. And Psalm 46.10 says, I want you to be still and know that I am God. And when you do this, I'm going to be honored by every nation, and I'll be honored throughout the world. And what's really cool about this passage is that it's reminding us of something that we sometimes don't understand, is, is that when we stop our activity, we're stopping it because we're trying to get closer to God. When he asks us to be still, he's asking us to be in a relationship with him. He's asking us to prioritize that in our life. And so he's reminding us of what that is through what it is that we need to do. And so there's another passage, and it's found in the scriptures in Exodus 34, verse 21. And God says, it looks like this. You have six days each week, he says, for your ordinary work. But then he says, but on the seventh day, you must stop working. Even during, look at this, the seasons of plowing and harvest. And I look at that and I say, God, what are you saying here? What he's saying is that even in our busiest seasons, we still have to rest. And it's funny because I always think I got to just push through it's going to end. When it does, I'll rest then. Anybody else act like that, think like that? Like when I start something, I have to finish it. I don't know. My mind just, just gets targeted like that, and I, and I can't let it go. And, and, and then sometimes I, I pull my wife into my craziness, and she's like, no, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I, I, let's just stop. We'll do another day. I'm like, we're so close to the end. Why would you give up now? <laughs> it's like 1 a.m. Can we go to bed, please? But we're so close. Why don't we just finish it? We don't have to deal with it tomorrow. Just push through. And I'm like, what is wrong with me and my mind and the way that it works sometimes? Why am I imposing this? And yeah, that's how we can be broken. That's how I'm broken. But we can't let people be dragged into our brokenness like that. And we have to stop and break the cycle of our own brokenness. Don't you agree? And God is saying, do you not understand how important this is? That even in your busiest seasons, even when there is essential work that needs to be done, you still have to rest. Listen, if you, if you don't gather the harvest, you may lose some of it. But God's saying, I'm okay with you losing some of the harvest, but I'm not okay with ever losing you. And what God does by telling us that is that I don't care about the task. I care about you. It's not about what you're doing that makes me love you more. You letting this go and waiting for another time when you have more energy is okay. Because I love you. I care about you. And I understand that the world doesn't work like that, you know. 
I understand that there's sometimes there are deadlines. You know, when you're in school, like, you can't always get an extension. And when you're at work, you can't always get an extension. And, and when you've done a 12-hour shift, sometimes you're required to do another one because that's the job. And you can't put that off. I get it. There are some things that are imposed on us. I understand that. But it doesn't mean that the next day you can't retake control. It doesn't mean that later in the week you can't reclaim that rest. That you lost because someone else didn't let you have it because you just had to follow something and someone and directives that just didn't give you a way out. It doesn't mean that you're always captured and captive to the cycle of not experiencing rest. That's why God is saying that even in seasons when there's plowing and harvesting, I want you to take it. Here's another one. In Romans 12 and in verse 2, and it's the last verse we're going to look at. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. And then you will learn God's will for you, which is good, is pleasing, and is perfect. And what I understood in my own life, and I hope this communicates clearly to you as well, is that until God changed the way I thought about rest, I didn't know what God's will was for my life. I didn't know what was good. I didn't know what was pleasing. And I certainly didn't know what was perfect. Because when you're not rested, your life is in chaos. You know what that's like. You know how your mind works when you're in chaos. You, you look at your circumstances and everything is chaotic and you can't put order to the disorder. And so God says, I want to start somewhere. And while you want me to change the circumstances of your life, here's what I'm going to do first. I am going to change your thinking. I'm going to change the way that you see me and see your life and see rest. I'm going to change that. Because if I can change that, I can change everything. From that, as I would become the person in your life that you need more than anything. And so there were three key things that we looked at today in, in this talk. I just want to review them real quick. That rest, with this last verse, is the renewing of our mind. Rest is the redeeming of our time. And then rest is having a true integration in our life. That if we can do these three things, the way that God has been showing us and teaching us and revealing through his scriptures, we're going to experience rest like never before. And we're not going to have to wait for a holiday, a vacation, a project to end, a situation to cease, circumstances to finally change. We can just experience that every day because God is always going to be our rest. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. 
Let Jesus do the work that only He can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.